Hey, Ben. Uh, hey, Katie. You, normally, <laughs> normally I say that. Yeah, well, we're going Freaky Friday with this one. You get to be the uh, you get to be the smarty pants in this episode and explain oh, something technical to me. I haven't prepared. This is we've done seventy seven episodes, I think, at this point. Sounds right. And we've we've never started with Hey Ben. That also sounds accurate. So I'm wondering if you want to say the thing. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay, sure. Say the thing, Katie. Okay, okay. You're listening to Linear Digressions. How did I do? Was that okay? Yeah, you did. You did great. Okay. Good job. This podcast topic is is something that I found myself wondering about this week, and I was like, "Hey, I know somebody who knows all about this. It's Ben. So why don't you take it from there?" Cool. Yeah. Today's podcast topic is very meta. We are talking about podcasting and how podcasts work. Uh, we're gonna, it's gonna be a little bit lighter on the data science machine learning kind of stuff. Uh, we'll get to a little bit of that and talking about what to do when you don't have a lot of data maybe. Um, which as it turns out, when it comes to podcasts, as a publisher, you really don't get very much data. Um, but yeah, we'll just, I guess, do a whirlwind tour and talk about little, how one makes a podcast. A little peek behind the curtain, if you will. A peek behind the curtain. So uh, right now I'm sitting in in a, a room in my house, and it's very hot in this room because I've got the the windows shut and everything. And probably you you have the same thing too. This is this is where the I don't know how the sausage is made. It's not very romantic. But what we do is both of us record uh, our side of it, right? So I can see my voice being recorded here, and uh, you know, Katie, you can see your voice recorded in front of you, and we're on a Skype call. Right, so we can hear each other through the Skype call, but each of us is just recording one side of the conversation. So my, I'm watching the sound wave as I'm recording right now, and there's these big empty spots, and that's where you're talking. Uh, I have it in my headphones, so it's not getting sort of feedback into the mic, but then obviously there's sort of two halves of conversation, and that needs to be reconciled somehow. Right, and, uh, and the reason we do it this way is because if I was recording all of it, for example, I'd get very high quality of me, and I'd get bad quality. I'd get the Skype call quality of you, Katie. So, uh, so yeah, once we're done with this episode, we'll both put our halves into a shared Dropbox folder. I'll pull both of those files in. I'll mix them, do a little bit of stereo stuff. So if you're listening in headphones, you can kind of hear me in the right channel a little bit more. And Katie's in the left channel. And also, uh, whenever weird things happen, like a helicopter went by <laughs> in the last episode that we recorded. So we mark a little thing and then we can remove sounds like that, uh, especially if the other person's talking during it. Yep. And so then I take that sort of the combined file. file. Yeah, the mm -hmm. merge file. Uh, but it's still pretty raw. And there's usually some places where we have to stop and think about something or we'll maybe have to rephrase it a couple times. And so there's a little bit of light editing that has to be done. Also, we add in the intro, the outro, that sort of thing. And then I upload it to SoundCloud and then magic happens. And somehow, <laughs> somehow it goes from my computer out into all corners of the world. And also relatedly, I sometimes I get a little bit of information back from SoundCloud about how many downloads we got from each episode and like, by time, how well is each episode doing, and these sorts of things, which I, 
you know, sometimes look at because they're kind of fun to watch and to think about and to try to get a little bit of feedback sort of indirectly on on how we're doing sort of through our stats. And so I was realizing this week that I have no idea or I have only the lightest of ideas how this actual distribution process works. And then also, especially how the data comes back the other way. Um, I can imagine me just sending files out into the ether, but the fact that there's then a feedback mechanism to tell me sort of who's downloading those files and, and in what quantities, that is something that I find uh, very interesting. So it all starts with that upload to SoundCloud. And the reason that we use SoundCloud is that SoundCloud has a feature which will automatically publish a podcast for you. Now, we could do this all manually, and it would be a little bit of a pain in the butt, but it's totally doable. And um, actually, I do another podcast. If you're interested in kind of these more technical explanations of not data science topics, it's called GeekSpeak. That's one word. And if you search iTunes or if you go to geekspeak.org, you can subscribe there. When that show first started podcasting, Actually, I think it started podcasting. It was the first tech show that we know of that started podcasting. It started podcasting before Leo Laporte's show, which claims to be the first one that was podcasting. So that's kind of fun. Uh, but we would we would write the XML file ourselves. Now, what's the XML file? The XML file is basically a file that says, "Hey, these are all the episodes. Here's what they're called. Here's the author." Here's the description that you see in your little podcatcher or in iTunes or whatever. And here's a URL. And if you go to that URL, you can download the audio. So you can download the MP3 file. So the XML is all the metadata and it sort of tells you what's going on. And then, but the actual heavy duty file itself is something that you go download from some place once you get sort of the instructions to do so from an XML file. Right. So the XML file is not only the metadata. Well, I guess it's kind of the, it's just the data of the episode as an entity, but the actual recording that, you know, that that everybody is listening to in their earphones or on speakers right now, that's actually coming from a different source. So the, so here's what happens. SoundCloud is the place where all of our MP3 files live. So if you want to go and directly download any of our episodes, you can do that directly by going to soundcloud.com and using their interface, or you can look at the RSS feed and you can find those URLs and you can just download them. Wait, so so what's the difference between the RSS feed and the XML file? Oh, excuse me. Sorry. RSS is is a code word for XML uh, as it pertains to uh, publishing. Oh, okay. And uh, as it turns out, RSS actually stands for Rich Site Summary, which used to be RDF Site Summary, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of people say that it's called Really Simple Syndication because it's supposed to be a really simple way of taking some kind of syndicated content, like a publication. This could be uh, a news website if you wanted to. It could be a podcast. It could be a vodcast, which is a video podcast. And you can publish this file, and it's encoded in the XML format. And that tells whoever's consuming this content where to find all of these things. Okay. So the reason that I was thinking about this earlier this week, then maybe you can shed some light, is there's all these aggregators that seem to be places where these RSS feeds get collected. And then um, I'm thinking of things like iTunes, but there's also Stitcher and I don't know, there's probably a whole bunch of them that I'm not as familiar with. 
Um, and those are the places where you actually go to search for podcasts and they can you know, tell you what's out there and, and you can sometimes listen to them or download them or what have you. Um, and so it always just seemed like sort of magic that you put your you put your RSS feed kind of in the right place. And this was something that you did when we first started up this podcast. So it always seemed like a little bit of black magic to me. But you put your RSS feed in the right place and then just like, boom, it's, it's all the places where it's supposed to be. Uh, and one of our listeners asked if we could put it on Google Play. And I was a little bit like, huh, that's funny. I didn't realize that there were major aggregators that we weren't on, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, that it didn't get just magically picked up the way that all the, it seems to be picked up by all these other things. Um, I guess thinking back a little bit, when we first went on iTunes, I think there was also a process that we had to go through. I think we, rem I remember that we had to get, wait a day or two for some approvals to go through mm -hmm. and get officially added to the iTunes store. So there seems yeah. to be not just this aspect of we're going to create this RSS feed and then put it out into the world. But there's also the services that people seem to use a lot have also sometimes this curation aspect to them, or you have to go in and, and manually sort of push it forward to, yeah. uh, you know, to some of these like bigger aggregation sites or publication sites, or I don't even know what you'd call it, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. It's the, how does anyone actually find this RSS feed that I've created? So I'm going to take a, a brief step back and I'll answer that question in just one second. SoundCloud, because they provide that make a podcast feature, when we upload things because it knows that they're part of our podcast, it'll create that X, that um, RSS file, the XML file, our RSS feed for us. But then there's actually another tool which we put in between, and it's called FeedBurner. And it's free, and I think, I think Google runs it. And basically what it'll do is it'll say, okay, if you point me to an an XML file, an RSS file, an RSS feed, I'll take that file in, do some extra awesome, cool stuff with it, like make it really optimized for iTunes, make it have all of this additional metadata and also do some analytics and tracking for it for you. And then the thing that you point everyone else to, the thing that you point iTunes to is your feed burner XML file. So in a nutshell, we've got SoundCloud, we upload a file. SoundCloud makes an XML file which has a bunch of metadata of where to find this thing. FeedBurner says, oh, hey, you updated the SoundCloud XML file. It checks every like four hours or something. I'll just bring in this new version, add all of this cool stuff to make it even better and, uh, and track things for you. And then iTunes says, oh, hey, that FeedBurner XML file, that URL for linear digressions feed, that got updated, so we're going to pull in the new XML file. And then your iPhone says, oh, hey, iTunes, have you, like, do you have any updates for me for any of the podcasts that I subscribe to? And iTunes says, as a matter of fact, I do. Here's the new RSS feed. Go download whatever you want to download. So that's that's the full, I guess, the, the full pipeline, right? But like you said, there are all of these other aggregators, right? So let me, before we get there, just so I understand. So then when, when I click on my iPhone, and I say, yes, download. What it does is in the same way that we have sort of this message that gets passed along in one direction when I publish, uh, when I download, uh, I tell iTunes, please download. And then iTunes, I'm assuming tells FeedBurner, please get this for me. And then FeedBurner. No, no, oh, actually no? no. Oh, okay. Because the, the um, XML file has the URL of where this file lives. Oh, so I go straight to SoundCloud? 
Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So so this XML file that says this is where the stuff is gets passed from entity to entity to entity to entity. And then when you eventually get it on your device, your device says, oh, just go to the URL that's in the in the thing. You don't have to go all the way back around. And the benefit of this is that MP3 files are big, right? Yeah. And XML files are very small. Now, if you go and you actually open one up and try to read it, it looks really, really long. It doesn't look so small. But trust me, it is way, way smaller than um, than the file that is bringing you the sound of our voices right now. So this means that things like FeedBurner can operate and you can basically use it for free because it doesn't have many bandwidth costs. It's just passing XML files around rather than piping MP3 traffic back and forth for everything you download. Okay. So let's just touch on the aggregator thing. There are all of these different websites that want people to subscribe to your podcast or find your podcast through them. So Stitcher is a, is a good one, right? You can download their app. I actually don't know what their monetization model is, uh, but they may have a paid version of the app. They may show you ads. I'm not really sure. But all of these different players have incentive to try to get themselves in between the listener, the, the soon-to-be listener, and the pod- podcast creator. And because XML files are just out there, they can just go around and and try and scoop up all the XML files that they possibly can find and put them on a nice pretty web page and then try to get people to go to that web page to download GeekSpeak or Linear Digressions or Radiolab or whatever it is, rather than going directly to uh, our website. And actually, they do provide a service. They provide basically the same service that iTunes provides and also the same service that Google Play provides, which is that if I want to download, uh, let's say I get a new phone and I want to download Radiolab, I want to download Linear Digressions, GeekSpeak, Song Exploder, that's another really good one. Oh, that is a good one. Yeah. And let's say this American Life. Okay. So those five podcasts, if so I can go and I can subscribe to them manually one by one, by going to their websites and finding the little link that says feed URL here or whatever they call it, copy that URL, put it into my podcast app, whether that's on my computer or my phone or whatever, and I can basically just subscribe directly that way. But it's a pain in the butt, right? So if you have an aggregator, which has all of my favorite podcasts in one place and a nice search feature and a little quick, you know, one-click button to subscribe, that's really compelling. And that's why iTunes exists. That's why all of these um, other entities exists exist. And that's why Google Play or Google has been getting into this with Google Play because they want to be that one-stop shop for all of your music needs, and they do books and all that other stuff and podcasts. Okay, and so just to so I understand. So I think I remember uh, going through the process of getting us approved for iTunes. Uh, I Mm -hmm. went through the process of getting us on Google Play this week. It was really easy, but there was obviously a little bit of a review step in there. Did we ever have to go through some kind of review process like that for Stitcher? Do you remember? I'm just curious. I do, actually. Um, Stitcher, funny enough, Stitcher emailed me and said, hey, do you want to be on on our website? And the only reason I said yes is because I've heard their ads everywhere. And I figure... If I'm hearing their ads everywhere, then probably a bunch of other people are hearing their ads and probably subscribing to podcasts through them. So, you know, I may as well yeah, be. Sure, why not? And also, it, it, doesn't, 
it doesn't harm us at all to be on Stitcher or, you know, Podcatcher, whatever. Like, I don't know. We can be on all the services and um, it doesn't cost us anything extra. All they're doing is just passing around our RSS feed yeah, saying, no. here's where our files are. Yeah. So that, that makes sense. Actually, I was just Googling us because I wasn't sure if we were on Stitcher. So I just Googled for linear digression Stitcher. And you know, sure enough, we are, obviously. Um, but I also didn't remember us getting on there and so i think Mm -hmm. sometimes there's rss feeds that just get picked up you know sometimes potentially Mm -hmm. without the people like us even being aware which is fine um that's no problem but i wasn't sure if this was something that we had to that was sort of like set up by hand or or yeah exactly how how we got on stitcher just because that seemed to be like an interesting case so I, i didn't remember it yeah yeah it's a it's a kind of crazy world um Let's dive into the statistics bit, and I actually don't have a ton a ton to say about this other than getting these stats is actually, or rather I should say, getting these stats reliably and knowing what they mean is a little bit tricky. Um, yes. Well, this is, this is my naive impression of it. So when I go into SoundCloud, I can see there's a little tab and it says stats, and it gives you a few numbers. It gives you your downloads by day, and then those get broken out uh, sometimes episode by episode. So you can mm-hmm. see that um, we usually release on a Sunday night. And so on Monday, there's usually a big spike when people are sort of downloading it fresh, and then it tapers off really fast. And then there's another big spike spike on Monday, and then it tapers off. And and so the first thing I think I, I would notice is that clearly – Clearly, this data has to get here from somewhere. Um, it sounds like FeedBurner maybe is a little bit involved with that. But in general, uh, this is not something that I understand how, so let me how just these, give yeah, you, how these yeah, stats I'll give you the TLDR about this. So the TLDR is there are two kinds of stats that we would care about. Uh, the first stat I'll go into first, and this is not the one that you're talking about right now. This is the one with FeedBurner, and it's called subscriptions or subscribers, I should say. And this is trying to measure as best as it can the number of people who have subscribed to our podcast. So that's not just like having have downloaded one episode or have downloaded a couple episodes, but like are subscribed and are consistently downloading every episode that we put out. And is that information that it would get from like iTunes or something? How does it know? No, because FeedBurner is upstream. Right. So, so FeedBurner passes the thing down to iTunes. Now, iTunes does know how many people download our podcast through iTunes, but it doesn't know how many people download our podcast. Right. right? And I have an Android phone, so for at least at least me, I'm not downloading through iTunes. Uh, so FeedBurner is the last place, is it, basically the place where it forks out from, right? The, the FeedBurner is the... Everything goes through FeedBurner, but then after that, there are no guarantees. <laughs> Right. Yeah. FeedBurner is kind of the source for all of these different um, aggregators for iTunes, for people subscribing uh, directly. So FeedBurner is really the place where you want to get these these metrics. The difficulty is that it's really, really hard to measure because the only thing you really know is how many people are downloading the feed, right? Right. Because, Because remember, if someone downloads the feed and then goes and downloads 200, well, we don't have 200, but 20 episodes or 50 episodes uh, or one episode or no episodes. FeedBurner has no idea about that. FeedBurner only knows that it told some device somewhere 
here's how you get to all the different episodes if you choose to, right? Okay. So that that would be how many people access our feed on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. And to make matters worse, different devices will fetch the feed at different frequencies. And you've got a whole bunch of bots, which are bots like Stitcher or like iTunes, which are going and fetching this feed and downloading it down to see if it's changed. So this is kind of a really weird number, and it's a number that I've just decided to not trust at all because there's a lot of magic going on. Because the feed burner people basically have to make wild guesses like, okay, what percentage do do we think are bots? You know, are they coming from certain IP addresses? Maybe we can filter those out. But in terms of like, is this a unique user that's visiting, that's getting our feed, you know, seven times, like once every day? Or is this seven unique users? That's a really tricky thing to, to figure out. Yeah, in other words, if if I as a data scientist am trying to come up with some kind of analysis that tells me how well this podcast is going, like the the uh, the feed burner numbers are, are going to be pretty, not just noisy, but they could have some pretty serious systematic biases in them. So they're not something that I would probably want to use as like the ground truth in, in any kind of like analytics I would try to do, for example. Right. Yeah, and in this age of, oh my gods, everyone is tracking me, it turns out with podcasts, no, <laughs> nobody is tracking you because nobody can. SoundCloud also has stats, which you were talking about, and that is not measuring anything to do with the feed. That's measuring actual episode downloads. Because remember, SoundCloud is the source for the MP3s. So if you would go and download our, our podcast RSS feed from iTunes... And that RSS feed, that XML file says, hey, this URL is where you download um, Detector 2, the dynamic something, something. Dynamic time warp. The dynamic, that's right. Let's do the time (laughs) warp again. When they follow that URL, SoundCloud will be on the other end of that. And it'll be like, oh, yeah, here's the file. And, uh, oh, by the way, uh, maybe I'll just collect a little information about you and and who you are. Uh, This isn't, like, scary stuff. This isn't, like, Google, Facebook apple amazon you know taking a lot of data and then doing things with it this is uh really really basic simple stuff uh yeah i mean in terms of the stuff that gets that gets fed up to me at least uh i see how many downloads we get by day and i also get very rough geographical information so i have some idea of how many people are listening to us in the united states let's say versus in england or in canada or whatever yeah now this data can also be noisy For example, I'm looking at the last 14 days. In the last 14 days, we've had uh, 32.4 thousand plays, which means the number of people who downloaded or played on on SoundCloud directly. Okay. What do you think the top city for downloading was? Um, So I think I remember I looked at this at some point, and it was like... I, th- I thought when I looked at it before, it was like San Francisco or San Jose or something like that. Right. So San Francisco is number five. Okay. Number four is Toronto. Number three is London. Number two is New York. These This is all like, okay, that's all reasonable. Number one is Riverside, California. Why Riverside, California? What? <laughs> What's in Riverside, California? Also, do you want to know the numbers? So San Francisco is 345. Toronto is 348, London is 388 over the course of uh, of this last two weeks, 
New York, 489 people. So if you're in New York, you probably, you might have a very small chance, but a better chance than anyone else of finding other fellow Linear Digressions listeners. Riverside, California had 13,831. Oh, that sounds wrong. (laughs) That sounds wrong. So either we have a bot with, I don't know what incentive, downloading our episodes 13,000 times, or we just have a really strangely large influx of data scientists into Riverside who just discovered our podcast, or that number is just totally ridiculous and wrong. Yeah. Right? So I'm actually recalling like this story. This is kind of apocryphal, but there's always a story about uh, there was some kind of analysis they were trying to do. Like, what's the what's the state that has the highest? Well, we'll try to keep this a little bit P- PG, but I think in this particular case, certain types of internet-based uh, malfeasance that you could imagine people, you know, <laughs> shenanigans that people might get up to on the internet. Uh-huh. And they're trying to break this down by state or maybe like by state, but then divided like per capita, which, which state is the one that's up to the most, uh, you know, kind of shady, shady business on the internet. Yeah. And, and Kansas, as it turns out, is just through the roof. It was Kansas 10 times as high as like the next highest state. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, and so everyone's like, that's weird. And a bunch of people are coming up with all kinds of kind of hand-wavy post hoc, you know, let's let's speculate wildly about the people who live in Kansas. <laughs> Turns yeah. out what it was is that there was just a bunch of IP addresses that sort of were not particularly well-defined uh, necessarily, like where they were coming from, or, or there were sort of places where all this traffic was being routed through uh, that wasn't particularly ge- geographically well-defined. And so what it happened to be doing in these cases is it just assigned them the IP address that was in the geographical center of the United States. They're just like, oh, this is coming from the United States. We don't have any more information mm-hmm. than that. Mm-hmm. Stick a pin in the middle of the United States. We'll just say it's coming from there. Right. And it, as it turns out, geographically, Kansas is in the middle of the United States. So there was all yeah. this kind of other random stuff that because of particular details of the way that people were uh, kind of basically disguising internet traffic, it was making it look like it was going through Kansas, even though Kansas had nothing to do with it. So I I wonder if something, I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's what's going on in Riverside, but that might be my, that might be a guess of mine. Like Mm -hmm. let's imagine that a huge chunk of the mobile listeners, for some reason, the way that SoundCloud is getting the location is, you know, causing something like that. Uh, Maybe it's, 13,831 people who are listening on, uh, you know, some sort of mobile device or Riverside, California. And, you know, that's, that's half our listenership. So, um, you definitely have to take a lot of this with a grain of salt is basically what I'm saying. Um, and I also wanted to, uh, if, if you're okay, closing out this episode, I wanted to share a number with you. Okay which is the total number of plays in the history of recorded time of linear digressions. Okay. Uh, this It feels like a little bit weird. And like, like, I feel like I'm talking about like how much money I make or something like it's, it's not, but it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of, it is kind of weird. Yeah. Well, so anyway. we've been doing the podcast for, you know, a year and change, I guess. Uh, well, what, more than that, like the better part of two years at this point, I think, cause we started it. We started in the fall of 2014? 20, well, 20, okay, so these are just SoundCloud plays. 
And I don't remember what we were doing before SoundCloud. No, I think we were always we were on SoundCloud, weren't we? Were we? I think SoundCloud. I think so. Oh yeah, SoundCloud had re- just released its uh, podcast feature, and it was an invite-only beta kind of thing. Oh, oh fancy! And we got in. Yeah. Anyway, uh, four hundred twenty-two thousand plays. Oh, that's so cool. Slash that's intimidating. <laughs> terrifying, right? <laughs> yeah, anyway. a little bit. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, thanks for sticking with us, everybody. Yeah, it's been a it's been a fun ride, and I'm excited to the to, for the rest of this year. I'm excited for it to get a little bit uh, cooler, so that way when I'm recording in this room, it's not as hot. Ah, you mean like physically cooler? Yeah. Not like cooler. Oh no, it's already off the charts cool. <laughs> Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.